an interesting thing was I basically assembled a team mm-hmm. of people so that that wouldn't be an issue, if that makes sense. So yeah, like the executive producer yeah. was, he, he was an Academy Award nominee that worked at Northwestern. Wait, hold on. <laughs> what? Yeah. My name is West Gibbons, and welcome back to the Tungsten Originals podcast. You just heard part of my conversation with Elizabeth Hanshu, the line producer and editor for my senior thesis film, Blueberries. We discussed how she discovered her love for filmmaking, her thoughts on producing and editing simultaneously, and why she felt compelled to work on Blueberries. There's a link to the Blueberries Indiegogo campaign in the description of this episode. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 54 of the Tungsten Originals podcast. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. You are the line producer and editor of my senior thesis film, Blueberries, and we just launched the Indiegogo campaign. That is all factual. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very exciting. Only facts on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you want to see some of Elizabeth's uh, amazing editing work, you can go watch the video because you edited that in like a day. (laughs) A day, basically. Because you were only given a day. Yeah, but it was... And that's my fault. I love a a challenge. Okay. So I I took that as, you know, that was a gift, That was a a gift. It was really a gift. Well, I think we should edit the whole senior and let's make it a weekend. I think we can do that. We honestly probably could with how simple it is. I totally agree. We're not. We shouldn't. We won't. (laughs) We're going to drag it out. But But it's a fun thought. Theoretically, we could make Mm -hmm. it like a 48-hour film We could do whatever we want it. That's true. That's Mm -hmm. true. But before we talk about blueberries some more... I want to talk about you and how you ended up, as we've been saying, your whole life leading up to this moment of sitting at this chair right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I haven't really known you that long. I met you at like the beginning of last quarter, not mm-hmm. even the full beginning. It was like October, we were... maybe? Yeah, yeah. 2019? We met at a pitch meeting for, mm-hmm. oh, what were we pitching? What was that, like a senior? Oh, it no, was... it was a director-editor pitch meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. so I was looking for an editor for Blueberries and for primarily for the documentary the BTS documentary for the music video. Yeah. I don't remember you talking about blueberries then. Yeah. I think I barely, I was just like, oh, I'm also doing this. Mm -hmm. And if you want to help out. But I think the main thing I was pitching was the BTS doc. For those who don't know, uh, let's see. Almost a year ago now, in March of last year, we made a music video for my brother and Brooks, who has been on the podcast many times, filmed a bunch of BTS footage. And you're cutting it together Mm -hmm. in a full-fledged documentary. Yeah. should be... Around 30 minutes. Yeah, that which is, is exciting. my estimated time right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good time. Um, yeah, so I didn't I didn't know who you were at all. Yeah, you <laughs> knew I had a great handshake. I though. knew you had a great handshake. <laughs> that's what I told you. That's how, like, I met a lot of people that night, but you stuck out because you had the strongest handshake and you led with, like, I've, I'm working with Newton on, like, some documentary or something. Mm-hmm. And Newton is an editing professor at SCAD. So whenever he said yeah. that, I was like, oh. Well, I went to all humble girls. Brag. I went to all girls Catholic high school. So okay. we were, we literally had a leadership program where we were oh. taught to, like, yeah. just be assertive, you know? It works. Because you were the first, you, you, were you approached strong me. strong woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shake that man's hand. Exa- Get that job. Exactly. Like, everyone else <laughs> kind of just waited for me to go up to them. But you were like, 
hey, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm going to edit your thesis film. And my <laughs> and entire like, life has been leading up to this moment. <laughs> yeah, every moment, exactly. Um, but where are you from, and how did you stumble into this world of filmmaking? I am originally from Evanston, Illinois, which is about 20, 30 minutes north of Chicago. Okay. And it, it, it's Is that still north. considered a suburb of Chicago? Yeah, it's yeah, a suburb. Okay. It's pretty close to the city, mm-hmm. more close than most people that say they're from Chicago, but... Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so I grew up there. I went to, as I said, an all-girls Catholic high school, and... Was that ninth through 12th? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I went to Catholic schools my entire life. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I didn't think about filmmaking as a career until... I want to say halfway through my senior year of high school. So I had honestly already applied to all Mm. of my undergrad schools. So and Uh, I had already been accepted into Notre Dame. Yeah. Which is where you went for my freshman year. year? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But so before before high school, like, were you making films in any capacity? No, not at all. What were your like interests at that time? Okay. So when I was in (laughs) second grade, I thought I was going to be in the WNBA. Okay. And honestly, I was very talented. I'm sure. But got burnt out, you know. Yeah. Then. The, the grind of the game is hard. The gr- yeah, exactly. Um, and then I thought I was going to be in the CIA. <laughs> but I quickly learned that the idea of going into a house with a gun where I don't know if there's other people with guns in that house mm. terrified me. And that was what you thought everyone in the CIA did. Yeah. I thought gotcha. that was the whole job. Interesting. So I was like, okay, I got to. How long was the time span from being interested in CIA and being like, guns and houses, I'm out? <laughs> I think once my mom started letting me watch TV shows with her. <laughs> okay. So we used to watch NCIS a lot. And yep. the anxiety that I got <laughs> watching Ziva and Tony and yeah. all those guys go into the houses was just, I, yeah. there was no way. It was I knew too my, much. I knew myself. As, yeah. Even, yeah, You're a WNBA was, player. What yeah. can you? So then I obviously took the next step and thought I was going to be a surgeon Wow. Okay. And this was mainly because I was watching Grey's Anatomy at the time. Right. Okay. So so you're getting the sense that every job I thought I wanted was because of something I was watching on TV or in Uh, a film. Yes. Also, I watched James Bond films as a child exclusively because that was the only other movie that my brother would watch. (laughs) Okay. So it was like James Bond or nothing. (laughs) Right. So another reason. Which was the original tagline of the franchise. Bond or nothing. It should have (laughs) been. Yeah. But the nerf stole it. Mm Mm-hmm. So then I wanted to be a surgeon, right? And yeah. that was mostly, again, because I was watching Grey's Anatomy. Right. And then I took AP Chemistry and was like, I hate this so, yeah. so, so much. <laughs> and it wasn't, I could have done it, honestly. Yeah. But I had no joy for that life. Yeah, it's and good to realize that. I I was old enough then that I realized that being a surgeon was not just about being able to, like, cut people open and mm-hmm. be on your feet and... Don't get any sleep, you know, party all day. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) But at this age, are you like, since you aren't finding the thing that you want to do, is that like stressing you out? Because I mean, I I assume AP chemistry is like early high school. It it wasn't. I I don't think. When did you take AP chemistry? The junior, my junior year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But but you're saying it, it wasn't, it wasn't stressing you out? I guess not. I don't know. Cause I felt like. I felt like I could maybe write. I felt like I could do mm. business. I there was a I, yeah. I had a lot of things that I enjoyed doing. Um, oh, okay. So it was more. I just had to figure out exactly 
the specifics of it. Yeah. So is your family creative in any way? Mm, Like when was that introduced into your life? So my dad is a lawyer. Mm -hmm. My mom is a neuropsychologist. Oh, wow. Okay. And they both went to Notre Dame together. I've never heard that. Neuropsychologist. Wow. Yeah. Um, She's a child neuropsychologist. Okay. You have very smart people as parents, is what I'm I'm getting. They are really smart. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say that. And my... So I have three older sisters, or three other siblings. Mm -hmm. My oldest sister did microbiology undergrad, public health grad school, and now she works for Amazon. (laughs) Then Colleen, who's the second oldest, Mm -hmm. she she's the other who has a creative sort of job, I guess. She did visual communications, which is basically graphic design at Notre Dame, and so that was definitely yeah very creative. Now she doesn't do. She does user experience, basically. Oh, UXD. Yeah, okay. for a yeah. real estate startup. And then my brother works for the treasury. So, no. <laughs> the creative part of the federal government. Yeah. That is the treasury. That is the treasury's yeah. job. Um, yeah. So, it's not to say that a creative job was discouraged mm-hmm. at all. You know, it, it really wasn't. It just it just wasn't it, something that was pushed. I really played a lot of sports as a kid. Yeah. That was kind of, and I played instruments. Mm-hmm. So sports and instruments. Yeah. But are you, yeah. Okay. Are you feeling though, like at this, at the age of high school where you're starting to realize that like the world isn't just, you know, the walls of your high school. Mm-hmm. Do you feel my siblings are doing these like high profile, not even profile, but like highly respected jobs. Yeah. Is that like wearing down on you? I don't know if that's too personal, but I just, no, no, no. I'm really just trying to think about my mindset back then. Yeah. Even though it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Um, You know, just a few years. Yeah. Okay. So I would say at the time, what was really emphasized in terms of my high school, and Mm -hmm. I think most people's experiences are this way, that it didn't necessarily matter what you were going to study, just mattered what school you were going to go to. Interesting. So I think that's how I felt. I felt like if I was going to, I could just go to a good school, a very respected school, hmm. and then I'd be fine. I'd figure it out, right? You know, I think like, my home high school was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and a lot of people. So, Which is not a good way to think. No, it's terrible. <laughs> it's it's like, really terrible. That. It's, it's not. <laughs> not and, every school is good for everybody. <laughs> exactly. So. As you, as you as obviously I, found out. I, yeah, I did find out. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I was worried about other stuff that yeah. was. And I'm sure I was in some ways, but I think for me at the time when I was applying to colleges, mm-hmm. I felt like I could be happy doing quite a few different things. Yeah. And so I was, it was more about finding a school that the I school. felt was a good fit and that I could graduate with a good degree from. So then you ended up applying and going to Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, I know you only went there for freshman year, but like, was that... Did you declare a major at all? Okay, so the second half of my senior year of high school is actually where I figured out I wanted to do filmmaking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically what happened was I went to see Moonlight in theaters with my sister. And I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. She just was like, let's go. Wow. So I had no idea what to expect. And I was just so blown away. Because honestly, I really don't think I had seen a movie like that in theaters. That sort of independent, 
very character driven, just beautiful film about content and subject matter that really I have not seen a movie about mm -hmm. or even a TV show. So that movie really triggered me. And I remember going home that night and looking up like who wrote that movie. Mm. How you did mean that triggered movie... you in like a good way? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Positive triggers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good trigger in yeah. that it made me think about filmmaking as a job. I had really never thought about what went into making movies before. Yeah. So you went straight to the Moonlight IMDb page and were you just like blown away by Yeah, everything? I think I was looking I remember I was like, what's a cinematographer? Oh, you know, yeah. I really had no mm -hmm. clue, which is crazy now being at SCAD and right. because so many people found filmmaking when they were younger. But yeah, I had just honestly never thought about it that way. So was your thought process, I wanna do that? Yeah. Basically. Interesting. I was like, I want to make that. I want to make something like that. That has that same effect that it mm -hmm. had on me, on other people. Yeah. So does that just kickstart you into watching like tutorial videos and just like diving into the indie world? So a little bit. Yeah. But really what I did was I looked up classes mm. and there is an independent filmmaking organization in Chicago mm -hmm. and they have classes for everyone mm -hmm. and they're taught by independent filmmakers and I was so lucky so I signed up for a class and it was on weeknights you know for maybe a month mm -hmm. and the teacher her name is Sam Spencer mm -hmm. and she had have you heard of um, Broad City oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay so she didn't create Broad okay, City yeah but it was the two she, main characters who created it. I don't know their names, yeah, but it was like a web series, right? Exactly. And then it, yeah. So she made a web series that was nominated for the same award as the Broad oh. City Girls at Tribeca. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Or Gotham. One New of York. Those. Yeah. <laughs> New York Awards. Yeah. And so, but she was just so interesting. She was so, and she was older. She was like in her thirties mm -hmm. and she was a teacher mm -hmm. and an indie filmmaker and she was queer, which was something I had really never met someone older than me that was queer. If I'm going to be completely honest at that point in my life. And so that was something I was also discovering about myself at the time. Gotcha. So it was just a lot. Right. Of, You're learning a lot. Yeah. yeah. And but I was, what a great way to start it off. I know. And she was also, her big thing was she was very much an activist and okay. very much about telling undertold stories uh -huh. and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I pitched her this idea. And at the time, I really didn't think it was anything. But we had at my high school, so it was all girls Catholic. Mm -hmm. And it's small. There's probably around 300 to 400 girls total mm -hmm. and i really liked my high school actually nice it was very fun uh plaid skirts good experience <laughs> and and but one of the issues was that they wouldn't let us have a gay straight alliance there and now at the time i was not even sure about my sexuality mm -hmm. i just i mean obviously now i am and i'm gay mm -hmm. and that's amazing mm -hmm. but at the time i wasn't sure i just knew like that this was something that I supported and wanted to be a part of in some way. And I had a sneaking suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. that. that That's going to be your autobiography. That I was title. more than an ally. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Takes time. Yeah, exactly. So, but, yeah, so they wouldn't let us have this gay-straight alliance. So, basically, what happened was we made one. And we're just like, we're not going to tell you. And right, we're just going right. to meet in secret. Yeah. And we had a... There was, I mean, around 
30 kids that were going. And nice. again, this is a small school. Yeah. And there was more to it than this. You know, I'm kind of condensing it. And our philosophy teacher was gay. And I found out later that they had threatened to fire him mm. if he got married to his partner. So there was uh. just a lot of stuff. And I was talking to my teacher in my filmmaking class. And I said, I think it would be really cool if I could make a video about our GSA that we have in secret and show what a positive thing this is to the school. You know, I want to wow. show them that this isn't some sort of make everyone a lesbian club. Right, yeah. You know, this is really just a nice place where people can... Just supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Just hang out, eat cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. You just, know. So did you know that that... Like, did you literally pitch it saying, I want to make a video? Did you not know that that would be considered a documentary? I had, yeah, no. That's, that's had, really it was interesting. Not, it was more like a, how could I make this yeah. cute little video to help? I had no idea. So what was her response? She was like, oh my God. She was like, tell me more. Yeah. I want to hear more. Yeah. And she works in high schools too. She works at Sullivan High School in Chicago now. And she runs this whole media lab and she's just amazing. And she does slam poetry groups and <laughs> she's just incredible. And Sullivan High School is the most diverse high school in Chicago. It oh, has wow. pretty much all of people that are refugees, just incredibly diverse, amazing school. And she, so she's like the perfect person she to pitch does, this to. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't really know at the time, <laughs> right? but she's wonderful. So, but yeah, so she was, she said, tell me more. And I don't know. It just kind of snowballed from there. And I, she helped me realize what an important story it was. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, it developed and we eventually um, applied for a grant and oh, we wow. were very, I'm holding my fingers very close <laughs> together right now. We were, we were second uh, place basically for $20,000. Oh, it was wow. a lot of money. I wrote the grant you went, myself. You went zero to a hundred very quickly yeah. with your film career. Yeah. That's amazing. And the the documentary was going to be called Queer Catholic Girls. <laughs> That's perfect. You know? Yeah, I love that. And the the reason they didn't give it to us was because I was 18 and because the subject matter was about younger people. And so they were concerned about the viability of that project mm. as compared to someone that was 30 and you know the subject matter was about older people which is totally valid i did mm. have so an interesting thing was i basically assembled a team mm -hmm. of people so that that wouldn't be an issue right if that makes sense so yeah, you're like the executive producer yeah. was going to be he, he was an academy award nominee that worked at northwestern wait hold on <laughs> what yeah how did okay his last name is jennings i forget his i think it was christian jennings <laughs> how did you get him involved involved i emailed him <laughs> wow you know you the were, power of you email? were born to be it's a line crazy. producer yeah this is insane i love emailing people yeah don't we call were... me let's just have <laughs> let's a super just, intense email, email. <laughs> i'm sorry we're doing this in person and not over email <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's okay. In it's okay. I'm in person or email. I'm okay with those. Yeah, yeah. So phone calls make me crazy because I always misunderstand people. <laughs> no, and I'm I just feel like, that. wait, can you say that? Wait, can what? you say that again? <laughs> wait, can you say that again? And then I just feel stupid. <laughs> You're not stupid, <laughs> obviously, from what you've been saying. So you like, wow. That's I mean, that's just mm -hmm. really 
I don't I don't think you realize I mean because it's your life so you probably don't realize how impressive that is but I mean to go from like <laughs> not knowing what a DP is to like cool I've got an EP that is an Academy Award nominee and we're going to get a tw get twenty thousand dollars and we're going to make a doc is really insane so how much your mentor your teacher mm -hmm. how much is she holding your hand through this process I mean a decent amount yeah okay yeah but I will say the thing about documentaries, it's pretty intuitive. That's true. It's kind That's of, true. if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And can you, uh, for the, for those who it doesn't make sense to, can yeah. you explain why that, why that I is? Would, I would say documentary is intuitive because it's really, so narrative, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Mm -hmm. That's all these different shots and all these yeah. different crew members crew members exactly and documenting you really can have a camera have a microphone and make something extremely powerful because you're just recording what's actually happening mm -hmm. and then you're in literally... the edit obviously it comes together a little more mm -hmm. but truly there there is a way to just record what you're seeing mm -hmm. and have that be the movie yeah i mean that is what documentary yeah. is i i think Comparing documentary to narrative, like the the bar to entry for doc, I think is a lot lower. Mm. You know, oh, like totally. I mean, I had on Professor Brennan, and it was like him and his wife, who's also a SCAD professor, who also I realized was uh, a judge at this film festival that Thirty Eight got into, which oh, was cool. really cool. I want to know how she like got hooked up with them, but um, yeah, it was like them, and I think they had some a couple other people, but they mm. made a feature that they were working on for like 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just them. So. A feature doc. A feature doc. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Finding Tyler and it looks amazing. But um, you can find more about that documentary <laughs> on the podcast that I interviewed him. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good point. Like you don't have to know what an AC is mm -mm. if you want to make a doc. You can have one camera, yeah. set it up, set up, set up a little mic mm -hmm. and record them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff you can find online pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so you don't get the grant, but, and so this yeah. is your second year of high school or second half of a uh, senior year. Mm -hmm. So like, how does that affect you? So basically what happened was we had to work like we did, like we were going to get the grant until we found out and we didn't find out until maybe July. Oh, wow. So the problem was, so we were Like July after you graduated? We were, Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Okay. So we, I had a someone that was a cinematographer in Chicago that mm. was gonna come film our prom for free because she really liked the project. Yeah. And our dean of students found out somehow, and basically sent out this whole thing that was like, no one can, you know, all Shut this. Even yeah. even if I had all the students' permission, oh. it didn't matter because I was really I was prom queen. Right. Which you oh, know, was wow. cool. But I, I really enjoyed my class. My cl I loved my yeah. you know, class in high school. Mm -hmm. um, I was friends with pretty much everyone. And it was really, that was really frustrating. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that was happening. It's good was, prep for the film industry. Uh, yeah. Though. <laughs> I was recording stuff just on my own. Yeah. And we had our main characters. Um, one of which my friend Aster, we actually went to grade school together too. And he now goes to... Uh, art school in Minneapolis but he was dealing with going to an all-girls Catholic school yeah yeah so on top hmm. of being 
I don't know exactly how he identifies now like with his sexuality but mm. on top of that th there was also being trans and mm. how to deal with that and you know yeah. he never he didn't transition until after mm -hmm. high school obviously but there was just you were deep into the dock yeah by this point yeah at yeah. least we really knew what we were yeah trying to say you had, like, and we had people that really wanted to say it right so you get to Notre Dame and is your thought like, okay, I'm going to take whatever media classes that they have and like <laughs> do this again and hopefully see it through. Well, I, so yeah, so the, over the summer we found out we didn't get the grant. Mm -hmm. We still interviewed our main characters and we're trying to put together some sort of trailer mm. type of thing to... I mean, maybe other grant. It just, but what happened basically was I couldn't, I wasn't able to, I wanted to take a gap year because one, I wasn't sure about Notre Dame at this point because I was like, I'm gay <laughs> and I want to do film. Yeah. So both of those things. <laughs> also, I hate the cold weather. <laughs> yeah. I had already known that, but that was just an ad. <laughs> so, so at this point, I, I, that summer, I was like, I, I really think mm -hmm. I should take a, year off yeah i could apply to other schools and i could be deferred so i could still go to right. Notre Dame. right um just take a year to figure it yeah, out yeah exactly and i could work on a dock mm -hmm. and you know um but my parents were really not about that mm -hmm. at all which i i do understand yeah so i ended up going to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's super fun in that they don't think you should take film type classes until you're a junior whoa mm-hmm Wow. So basically you do <laughs> all of bizarre. your core classes and stuff. For two sophomore years. Year. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was awful. Wow. Was so great. so how soon did you realize you weren't going to stay there? It wasn't. I, I So I really, the first month there was a little rough just because I think I knew that it really yeah, was not the yeah. right Yeah, like place in the back me. of your mind. Yeah. You haven't acknowledged it, but. Um, I made friends with a professor in the film department i wasn't taking classes but mm -hmm. uh, in film how, but how how big was their film department not tiny it was ridiculous <laughs> yeah it was really not a scad is very production based right in terms yes. of you yeah. know learning how to actually make movies and not mm -hmm. just theory notre dame is theory really primarily cinema theory. studies instead mm -hmm. of yeah that that really confused me when i was applying to places because yeah. i would say that they have a degree in cinema studies and then you see SCAD as like film and television production, mm -hmm. and they're very different. They're things. very different. And I think same for me. I got confused because there's places, there's schools that are ranked very highly right. in a, a film degree. Mm -hmm. but Which it technically is. Yeah, yeah, technically, but not the film degree yeah. that you want mm -hmm. necessarily, unless you're doing a certain thing. So right. They should really be more clear about that yeah, on Google. I Google needs to clean up their head. <laughs> I agree. So, yeah, so I made some really good friends there. So that was part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't necessarily want to leave. Yeah, and it's a stressful thing to mm -hmm. up and leave. Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah, I'm sure. I did not want to be a freshman again. Yeah. So yeah. how did you discover SCAD? Well, basically, it got to the point where I was like, I need to transfer. Yeah. This school is a, not the fit for me. Mm -hmm. And so I... You know, I finished my freshman year and, you know, my classes went fine and I, mm -hmm. I had good friends and it, w it really was not a terrible experience. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't 
yeah. right place for me. Yeah. So I went home for the summer and I started looking at schools mm-hmm. and I decided to take the semester off, the fall off. And I was also working at an internship and at Panera. <laughs> oh, the fall of your sophomore year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's what I did the fall of my sophomore year. And I was applying to colleges, basically. Mm-hmm. And I heard about SCAD from someone that was freelancing for the company that I was interning mm-hmm. for. And because I was just talking to him and mm-hmm. we were doing a commercial for ComEd, which is the electric company. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I we don't. Have an, it's in Chicago. It's okay. our they do all the power lines okay anyway super exciting stuff <laughs> yeah and and so he was he had asked he asked if i had looked at scad and i was like i don't know what that is <laughs> yeah and he was like oh it's you know blah blah, blah. and mm-hmm. they have amazing facilities and equipment and it's where i wish i had gone mm-hmm. that's very compelling yeah so so i applied to a few places and it ended up coming down to where i thought was the best fit for me and not just what the best program was. I mean, I think Scout has an amazing program. But, but you were thinking of the, the but holistic. I was thinking the school yeah. because after Notre weather. Dame, I was like, the weather. <laughs> I only applied. Okay, so the only one that I applied to that really was in cold weather was Emerson. Oh, yeah. And that actually was, it was between Emerson and Scout. Mm. And I said, no yeah, to Boston. No to Boston. <laughs> That's great, great decision. So, <laughs> yeah. So you get to SCAD and mm-hmm. are you overwhelmed? No. I was warm. Yeah. I was very <laughs> yeah. happy. Nice. Pretty much immediately. Again, because I, I really knew that the, you could the different feeling. Yeah, you get a feeling when yeah. you're in a place yeah. and it's it just the feels right, place. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So how soon do you start getting involved in SCAD projects? It took me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't take Film One Hundred until spring quarter mm. so i came in january and mm-hmm. then i didn't take the 100 until april yeah so you've been here for a year mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of crazy yeah. yeah and you're already yeah. working on multiple thesis films now yeah well i'm you know i'm old i gotta <laughs> catch up yeah catch up mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so what else would i do with my time right so. yeah exactly <laughs> so um Whenever you get to SCAD, do you just have like a general interest in film or like when does editing and line producing and just producing in general start coming to the forefront yeah. of your uh, interests? Because those are very different yeah. things. Okay. So I think I had an I. Okay. I, I definitely thought that I would be a good producer. Mm. I, I had edited at my previous internship mm-hmm. and I had not enjoyed it. Hmm. So I really did not consider that yeah. at all. So it wasn't until I took a summer class with Professor Newton. Shout out to Newton. Yeah. Um, Great and professor. He is fantastic. Been on the podcast. Check and... out that episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can go. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all my plugs. That's all my plugs for the thing that people are already consuming right now. <laughs> By the way, listen to this episode that you're listening yeah, to. Yeah, that you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, continue let's, listening. Please continue. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't until I took the editing class that I... Oh, the very in, the intro mm-hmm. to editing? Yeah. yeah, I really didn't think I was going to like it. Hmm. Fully thought it was going to be kind of annoying. Because yeah. it was Avid, yeah. media composer, which is a pain in it's, the butt, yeah, it's honestly. The, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the industry standard uh, film editing software. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's a pain in the butt, but you love it. But I love it. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because if you're going to be an editor in Hollywood, 
That's what we use. Hollywood. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that class. And mm-hmm. mostly I think what I liked about it was that I had never realized how much editing is really just storytelling. Yeah. It's basically writing the script. Yeah. But they already did kind of a lot of the work for you in mm-hmm. terms of that. So you more get to play with the pieces. Yeah. You get to you different... get to mold how the script mm-hmm. is consumed. Yeah. Exactly. Which is very important. I mean, you could literally you can change an entire actor's performance. Yeah, 100%. Like, like that, that was so uh, easily. Well, oh man, that that is a perfect connection to like uh, in my directing the narrative class, uh, Jesse, who's the professor um, who will be on the podcast soon. He said like every actor who has accepted an award, like they are standing on the editor's shoulders mm-hmm. because that editor has looked at all of their performances, even the terrible ones, which, you know, professional actors can have. <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm going to give them the good one because that is the best way to consume the script. Well, and it's not even like there's one good performance that they, exactly there's not even like one best one right right a lot of times an editor is taking moments mm-hmm. from random takes of yeah. that performance and putting them together in a way that's very compelling exactly not always obviously yeah but there's definitely performances that probably weren't very good but were edited mm-hmm. and then they seemed very good right which is cool. Right. I think that's awesome. Right. So you you figured out that you loved editing. Mm-hmm. Were you like, uh-oh, <laughs> do I have another choice to make, editor or producer? Yeah. And I still feel like I'm yeah, in that really? position. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In a bad way? A little. Yeah? Yeah. Can we evolve on that? Because mm-hmm. before we started rolling, we were talking about how editing and producing and really just film in general, like... I mean, even on this podcast, it's just it's fun to talk about the creative Mm -hmm. and the introspective and the emotional like part of filmmaking, which is a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is by far the most business art form. I reference this all the time. Brooks said on this podcast, it's the working man's art. You know, like I just saw 1917 last night, which is amazing, in my opinion. Um, But at the end of any, any movie, you stay and you watch the credits and there's hundreds and hundreds of people that we're doing one very specific job, like mm-hmm. it was one dude's job to get the water or whatever, you know, like it can get that specific, but that can seem like not as glamorous to talk about, which no, is... it's not glamorous. Yeah, but I think it's important to recognize that it exists mm-hmm. because we all come to SCAD being like, I'm going to be a director. And it's mm-hmm. like, you might have to yeah. not be that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, basically, so I was like, okay, so I really like editing. Mm-hmm great <laughs> so I got why that would done. you do this to me professor newton yeah <laughs> and but i i still really i honestly hadn't worked much as a producer yet at scan mm. so i got asked to produce a directing the narrative short mm-hmm. which i did mm-hmm. and i was like this is kind of boring mm-hmm. gonna be honest it's like all logistics not super into it yeah but then i also produced a music video for one of my friends and I loved it. Yeah. Because I was really passionate about the product. Yeah. And the source with the other film I was doing, about. I wasn't. Right. It was just a job. So what affected it was the source content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I mean, it's the same thing with editing for me. Absolutely. I've edited stuff that I've been so excited to edit and I just want to, I think about it all the time and mm-hmm. I just want to cut it all the time and I have to make myself step away and eat. <laughs> and I've right. also had to force myself to sit down and not scream (laughs) for hours just trying to finish 
a project that I just do not enjoy. I think everyone's been there. Yeah. So what I have realized mm-hmm. is that I just I don't care so much if I'm producing or if I'm editing. I do care about who I'm working with. That's probably first or second on my list of oh, absolutely. priorities. Same here. Yeah. And the other one is what's the project? Yeah. You know, do I care about it? What am I do working I... on these people with? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do I think it's compelling? Do I think it's interesting? Do I mm-hmm. think it's important? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm still in I'm still in the middle of I don't know what I'm gonna do, hmm. I guess. But do you think there is a world in which you can do both? Because I don't see why not. I mean, we, like we were talking about, that's a thing in the industry. They call themselves predators, producer editors. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good friend Andrew, whose apartment we're recording this in, <laughs> uh, does the same thing, produces yeah. and edits. But you kind of shook your head at that. Why so? Well, a uh, predator, I think it's really cool in, in concept, I think. And when I heard of it, Professor Newton told me about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's the coolest name ever. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm a predator. No one call me by my first name anymore. Just call me predator. Um, But in reality, I want to work on long form content. I Mm want to work on features. I want to work on indie features. I want to work on indie docs, indie narrative. I want to work on all that. And the problem with a predator is those aren't people that are hired for long form work you don't hire someone to produce and edit that's true. a feature length movie yeah. or a television show you, you hire them to do like a quick promo mm-hmm. video for some mm-hmm. company and i don't not that i would never do that yeah. in my career but i don't want that like to be my career mm-hmm. hmm. so i don't see having a job that combines both of them i could see working a little bit in both areas yeah. and it being project to project. Right, right. But I also would like an office job. Really? To an extent. Hmm. And then be able to freelance and do my own projects yeah. on the side. Yeah. But it's I a- love air conditioning, Wes. <laughs> I love it. I'll keep that in mind when we mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Hopefully Cinetobi won't be too hot by the time we get no, there. No, I mean, I, I also get cold really easily, so sometimes <laughs> air conditioning is too cold for me. So, gotcha. You know, There's it, a balance. Yeah. There's a balance. What what I'm trying to say is that I think I'm just gonna have to see how it goes. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't even really know what I want. When I you yeah, know, that's three years ago, I thought I was gonna be a surgeon. So you know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that is everyone in in uh, our shoes, which is why like mm-hmm. something that I like about interviewing all these different people is that like I learned that I'm not the only one that's freaked out about <laughs> <laughs> not having all the answers like right yeah. away, because that is. I'm realizing that that is like very common in film school and especially like amongst seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about how you got attached to blueberries. Um, I mean, like I said, we met at the pitch meeting, but originally like we were working on the blue or not the blueberries, the, uh, the broken wing, uh, BTS documentary. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was looking for an editor for blueberries cause I yep. didn't have one yet. And, I mean, I could tell that we were going to work well together and like Lee White knew you and like, oh. and Lee approved. So I'm like, if Lee approves, then oh, like, Lee. then we're good because <laughs> Lee is great. I hope he listens to this. I hope so too. And knows that I love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just saw him yesterday. Jealous. <laughs> Highlight of the day. <laughs> um, but, and then I remember seeing Newton, I walked in his classroom and I don't think I've told you this, but I was like, uh, Hey, I'm thinking of, um, asking Elizabeth to edit my senior. And he was like, 
thank you for doing that. I think she'll do a really good job. And like he vouched Aww. for you. So I'm like, if Newton is vouching for you, <laughs> then, you know, that is obviously a very good sign because he's a fantastic editor. He's and like, incredible. He's very nice. And I also, I don't think he would lie to he me. He would never. Yeah. He will not. Yeah. Absolutely. If I was like, I think I'm going to ask so-and-so and and he didn't think they were going to be like, maybe you should go to someone else, you know, because he's honest like that, which Mm -hmm. he is, is which I love. Me too. I love that so much. Um, So then I pitched you uh, as an editor. So like, what about blueberries to hopefully encourage people to click the first link in the description of this episode and donate to our (laughs) campaign? What about the project made you interested in it as an editor? I mean, personally, I enjoy editing I enjoy editing characters that are having serious conversations. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds maybe a little silly and very specific. But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Character dramas. Yeah. yeah. I love character dramas. Yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> the way I wanted to say it, but did it. <laughs> That's okay. That's what you'll put on the resume. But yeah, but it, okay, what I enjoy is having two characters interacting and being able to really... I don't want to use the word manipulate because that but, sounds bad, but I want to manipulate it. You know, I yeah, want to make yeah. it as powerful as I can. Yeah. And I already felt when I read the script, I felt like the dialogue was really, really good. Thank you. Which is super important and sometimes very rare to find in student scripts. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, because dialogue's super hard. It is. So yeah. I felt like those two things were really. And also, it's about Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. family and really. An important, important story, and I think a meaningful story, and it was honestly really refreshing. Oh, wow. I felt like it was going to be a really refreshing project to work on. Wow, Thank you know, because a lot of times I, I come across scripts that not like they aren't amazing, mm-hmm. but it just feels like what's the point other mm-hmm. than fun and cool and entertaining, right. which right. is totally has value and merit yeah. and. Love to work on those too, mm-hmm. but it, I was excited. Well, thank you. That. I yeah. appreciate that. So then, then we started working on blueberries, and we were looking for a line producer, and I just kind of accepted that we wouldn't have one. <laughs> I was like, that's a luxury. It'd be really nice to have, but we're just going to figure it out amongst myself and Haley and Reagan, the co-producers. Mm-hmm. And you literally just texted me and said, hey, if you need a good line producer, I'm pretty good. Yeah. LOL. And I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and I just said, yeah, and here you are. Yeah. And, I uh, definitely just checked the crew sheet and saw that. And I was like, you know, I also want to get like, I want to do a little more producing work. That yeah. would be perfect. Yeah. Because I love working with you. So. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I was like, also, he won't have to pay for someone else to go down there. You yeah, know, that was having a huge someone benefit. that's in two positions. That yeah, 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 exactly. So, so, I mean, I said whenever we were working on the Indiegogo pitch video, uh, which you edited, as I said, mm-hmm. um, I said like I feel like I've known you for so long, but I've only known you for Aww. like a quarter at this point, and yeah, it's very, very bizarre. Very uh, I mean, you just mesh so well with like the crew and all that kind of stuff. But how does like working on both sides of production on the same project affect either job? Because like as an mm-hmm. editor you're not going in blind, you know, like so typically, I mean, you maybe read the script, but like uh, my good friend Kara, who edited every episode of Reconnection that I worked on, like she a lot of times didn't even want to read the script. She just wanted to go in completely blind and have like a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, as a producer, you know, all the problems that we're dealing with, you know, all of the back end info that isn't public facing. Yeah. And you'll be on set, you know, dumping footage and everything and helping out with producing stuff. Does that conflict at all, or do they both make the other one stronger? 
So or I, C. I think something else. Okay. <laughs> I think it's C. Okay. But I'm gonna have to think about it. So I think it could conflict, right? Yeah. I definitely could be influenced by what happens on set if I was a weaker editor. <laughs> but <laughs> the the sternness in your eyes. I wish this was filmed because that was a great look. But Professor Newton taught me yeah. very well mm. to be ruthless. Mm. And to kill my darlings. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Because what I'm saying is that sometimes when you're on set and you see how hard people are working and crying over a certain shot or a certain moment, and then you take it out of the film. Right. You know, you have to make that choice as an editor. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. We cut three whole scenes from 38. And luckily it was so long after shooting that I was separated from it. Mm -hmm. And Andrew, the editor, wasn't on set. But we did it. And in my mind, I was like, man, we spent a whole day on that. But then it's just yeah. better. Like, no, it is. You really have yeah. to just. Sorry, crew, but the whole thing is better. Be which they emotionally connected to yeah. what happened on yeah. set, and I, even and if you were there. Exactly, and I and I think like no crew wants to see a bad movie. So no. if this one scene is really oh pulling God. it down, they might be like, "Oh man, I wish that cool shot was in there." But if the whole thing is elevated, that yeah. will be appreciated. I'll be like, "I'll make you a mob file of all yeah. the stuff that I took yeah. out. Enjoy." Yeah. yeah, exactly. Put some music under it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it really affects anything as a producer. I'm going to be completely honest because we haven't shot it yet. Everything's just... Right. And I mean, I guess the actors are important, but that's important anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't see me also editing affecting my right. producing. Right. I do see the potential for yeah. my producing to affect my editing. I agree. I think if there's going to be any conflict, that's the way that the mm -hmm. conflict exactly. is going to be. Yeah. Um. So in the talks about line producing and editing at the same time, do you prefer to do that on the same project? If I like the project. If you like the project, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's just like a higher level of involvement. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had anyone on the podcast that is like specifically a line producer. I mean, you're the line producer for Blueberries mm -hmm. and, you, and you do just general producing on other projects. But I want to dive into what a line producer is because this is a luxury. Like having you on Blueberries, <laughs> like it's making my life so much easier. That's are, great. We're in a much better spot with like funding, and oh, soon, like, soon we will have even more. Yes, exactly. So much <laughs> money, <laughs> but um, talk but about like not too much, obviously, like yeah, an appropriate amount, just enough. Yeah, exactly what we need. No, no <laughs> pennies spared. Genuinely, no pennies spared. Yeah, really. Um, so explain what a line producer is. Sure. I mean, basically, I'm the money lady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to spend money. You got to mm -hmm. talk to me first. That's true. If you do spend money, I need a receipt. And then before the shooting, mm -hmm. um, basically I'm in charge of fundraising is yeah. the whole idea and and laying out what we need and how much it's going to cost. And Making sure the budget estimating is... Estimating mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, super fun. A lot of Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. So I have obviously been working with fund fundraising for blueberries, but like approaching blueberries as uh, a line producer, what was your mm -hmm. like main idea for that approach? As a line producer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for this project specifically, I mean, I was excited because you made my job a lot easier by <laughs> writing a script that had <laughs> an aspect that other people could relate to mm -hmm. in terms of it being about Alzheimer's and about, a relationship between a mom and a son and their grandma and something that is socially relevant and mm -hmm. socially important 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's yeah. a lot easier to get people to donate to a creative project if they feel there's some sort of cause. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some sort of not even necessarily social justice aspect, but mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Which so, is interesting because that's, I mean, the first project you ever were producing was created in that same aspect. Yeah. I mean, that's really, I try to work. I think that's why I get, I work on a lot of documentaries. Right. Because yeah, almost it's easier to always do that as a doc. Yeah. there is a strong social justice or mm-hmm. uh, sort of aspect to it. Like I am going to be assistant editing um, a new doc that mm-hmm. Professor Newton is editing. Yeah. And it's about. Isn't Professor Korkowski directing her? She's the DP. She's the DP. Okay. And Caroline, I'm forgetting her last name. I'm so sorry. But she's the director. She works for SCAD TV. Oh, okay. And yeah. Yeah. But the documentary is about female genital mutilation in Kenya. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's going to be, it's horrible. Right. But the documentary is so important and mm. going to be very powerful. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm honestly, so, I'm so honored that I even yeah. get to. And your assistant editing on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty huge. Yeah, so especially I'm, for a doc that has such little crew. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping. So they only shot for about ten days, I think, eight mm. days, and so this will be kind of a short. Mm. But they, the director and Kukowski, want to go back, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I. One of the internships I'm actually applying for is. It's the only documentary internship I'm applying for. That's specific only doc. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm applying to places that do both, but it's called Kurtemquin Films in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I sort of knew someone there once upon a time back <laughs> when I, they, she was the person that was on the panel that was uh, for the grant that I applied for. Oh, okay. And she told me to come talk to her whenever I want a job, which was very cool. Yeah. I don't know what her name is. So it was n- totally not helpful actually. But <laughs> it's a nice gesture. Yeah. But I'm hoping maybe if I end up doing that internship that I could help them get funding. Oh, for, for, a, for a feature? Mm-hmm. I play the long game. Yeah. <laughs> I play the long game. Yeah. So talking about these socially conscious documentaries, which mm-hmm. is that the end of your bio on the yeah. Indiegogo, you like making socially conscious films, which I really like. Um, in terms of like your development as a filmmaker, what has been the most important documentary? Honestly, I mean, I think just the process of failing to make one. That first one was really, I think, there is something to be said about not finishing something. Mm-hmm. and It eats at you. Yeah, it does. You know? I mean, I think at this point, I know that there was just too many obstacles mm-hmm. to overcome, I think, to an extent. But it, it definitely has made me work harder. Yeah, and for follow sure. through more right. on what I'm working on now. Right. Moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. What do you consider to be like one of the most important documentaries in your lifetime that has been released? Like not that you worked on, but mm-hmm. that like you have watched as a viewer. Girls, I think, is the title. I could be getting that wrong now that I'm I watched it a while ago. But <laughs> actually I watched it twice. But I was it was I watched it in high school and it's uh was about these and it, again i think it actually was one of the first documentaries that i watched mm. and was old enough to remember right kind of mm-hmm. and it was about a filmmaker who went inside this girl's juvenile detention center 
and followed the lives of a few of them and then also was following them like a few of them when they got out and their families I think what was I found really moving about it was that it really went in depth on why they were there Mm. and like what all led up to it not just oh this is what they did Mm-hmm. And this is who they are right now, but right. kind of the social implications of, you know, where they grew up and mm-hmm. all of that and like yeah. their economic status. And I think girls is the title because I think I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay, I think, great. I think so. We I, could both be super I think wrong. It, I but, think it is, but yeah, you know, don't I think quote so. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting old. <laughs> so you have what, like two more years at SCAD? Something like that. About, yeah. About a, I think it's about a year and a half. Year and a half. Oh, I guess, wait, so it's only winter quarter still? Correct. Oh my gosh. So yeah, uh, yeah. so probably a year and a half, maybe a, a little more. Okay. Depends. So what is the huge Elizabeth Hanshu dream once you get your degree from SCAD? Well, I have a project that I am would love to make into a feature. Mm. That's like the, I would love to, to make my passion project. That's the first, apart from that. I really want to get to work as a producer with people and an editor, depending on the, it just really depends on the, on the project. But as um, I'm thinking producer more in terms of, I love developing Mm -hmm. ideas and getting them into the hands of the right team, you know, and then kind of Mm -hmm. helping oversee that and making sure that, that vision and the idea is you know becomes a reality mm-hmm. and so i think it would be really cool to work in creative development at hbo oh why that's i like that that's very specific mm-hmm. i mean hbo makes amazing stuff but why hbo because they make amazing make, stuff yeah, that's true i mean <laughs> but you know a lot of people make amazing stuff yeah so i mean hbo i love because i feel like they take risks and they have the money mm, yeah they do. to do it you know yeah. like euphoria yeah stuff like big little lies oh mm. my god these shows that because while i would also love to work at an independent production company like burn later or tungsten exactly um <laughs> hopefully one day yeah and i also annapurna pictures is mm-hmm. something that i would oh my gosh die to work for but i think hbo why I at this point in my life I think when maybe a year ago I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought this but now I understand how important money is yeah you grow yeah. up and you're like ah bills oh uh, what do you know yeah but in terms of being able to share the content and get it to a wide audience I really am understanding how important that is it's not mm-hmm. just about what you're making it's about how many people are gonna get to see it right so Personally, if I my whole goal as a filmmaker is to be making these socially conscious stories Mm -hmm. or whatever. But basically, the point is that I want the work I'm doing to have a positive impact Mm -hmm. on people and their lives and their experiences. Then obviously I need to work for a company or someone that is able to get those films to a wide range of people. Mm hmm. So I'm gonna sell my soul. <laughs> no, but I, I think it, I think it'd be incredible to work. For yeah, a place like HBO. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. So 
Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I have no doubt that you'll be able to do that. <laughs> um, I wish you were graduating in May, like I am, <laughs> but we will still continue to oh, work yeah. together no matter what. See you again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I appreciate you coming on to Blueberries. Uh, oh, thank you. You have been so great. We were just talking about line producing stuff on the way over <laughs> here, and you're killing it, and I feel very... This is by far the project that I feel the most confident about, and part of that is that I'm very confident about like the script and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, but the bigger part I think is that I'm very happy with the crew and I'm very excited. And literally next weekend, or I guess this weekend, whenever this comes out, uh, myself and a couple other crew members are going to do a tech scout in Sinatobia. Um, it'll be real quick. We're going to drive there Friday, scout Sunday or scout Saturday, come back Sunday. Um, so I'm just very excited and I appreciate you like wanting to be, even more involved than an editor because an editor mm-hmm. is very important, but like line producer, you're obviously taking even more under your wing. So I appreciate that. It's very Thank humbling. You. And, oh, uh, well, I'm just lucky to be a part of it, honestly. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to show you my hometown. Yeet. It'll be a fun I'm time. I'm so excited to meet your parents in person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have... I've only met your mom over Skype. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're better in person. I will say. Are you sure? Uh, Cause maybe. she was pretty great. She was pretty great <laughs> on Skype. She has a lot to live up to for sure. I'll tell her to prepare. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> This has been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to have you back on whenever you are at the top level at HEO. Top level. I screwed that up. But you know. I know what you mean. You know what I mean. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs>